You're listening to this edition of 88.9 The Pulse WQSU Sports Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the SU Sports Corner Podcast. I am Josh, joined with Callan. We got a great show coming up ahead. It's been a wild but great week in the area of hockey with the NHL. Who said that the Islanders needed John Tavares to beat the New York Rangers? Nobody, because the Islanders don't need John Tavares. John Tavares can go with Benedict Arnold, go up to Canada, and I think we're better off without John Tavares. So that's that. Then we'll get into some college football. The Kansas Jayhawks have a new head coach. What a hiring. If you're Kansas, you got to be very excited. West Virginia, not a great loss. And even in basketball, they lost. I thought it was kind of funny. They had a bad loss in basketball as well. And then we're going to dive into some of the NFL action, which was kind of a head-scratcher for me, to be honest. A lot of today was very, very head-scratching. Um... We're going to dive right in to, we're going to start it out with some of the hockey talk. And we love hockey, especially if you're a New York Islander fan. And here's why. So, to start it out, I didn't even know that the Islanders were playing the New York Rangers on Thursday night. I had no idea. I was finally studying for class. I was doing my work. I've been on top of things. Josh, do you realize... I get that no one can see you when we're doing these shows, but you don't need to lie to the listeners. We all know you were not studying. You were not doing anything like that. Let's face it. You talked about your GPA plenty of times in the show to know that there's no such thing as studying in the mind of Josh Klein. I, I study different things. Remember, the, the one show that I talked about, I looked at how I could throw a parade in the city of New York. Many people don't study like that. The, again, big brain, big smart guy here. Just had to, had to talk about that. We had to talk about the big brain. But so the big brain just did some research, right? Since December 2nd of 2015, we've played a whopping number of 13 times against the New York Rangers. It didn't matter if we were in New York and or in, at wait, Madison wait, Square Garden. Wait, so when the Rangers and the Islanders play, they don't play in New York? Then? No, they do. <laughs> fair, fair point. Fair point. Um, this is, you know what's funny, Callan? What's I'm funny? I'm pretty sure, if my memory isn't mistaken... That one of the last times you beat us was at the Nassau Coliseum. Can you believe the Nassau War Veterans Coliseum was the last time the New York Rangers beat the Islanders? You know what's also funny? What? That besides last year, the Rangers have finished the year with more points than you every single year since we've been hockey fans. Okay. And at this point when we're recording our podcast, we both have 22 points. So we've been playing just as equally. What is it going to be? Twenty? Good. They're going to get what? Twenty-four points? Because uh, an easy win come Wednesday. I'm yeah, cool as a cucumber. Easy win when the Rangers have won five straight at Madison Square Garden. They're playing some of the best hockey they've played all season. I'm not too worried. It just doesn't matter where we play the Rangers. It doesn't. Again, we could play them on the moon for for all that we care. For all that we care, right? The last time that genuinely that the island like they usually win it that the worst part is since 2013 we got we lost once at your place one time once this is unbelievable this is one of the greatest anomalies to me what do i know again what the hell what the heck do i know i'm just a guy sitting here not just sitting here in the studio talking about hockey um one thing we could talk about Who's going to be the greatest player of all time to never win a Stanley Cup? It's probably going to be Henrik Lundqvist. I'm not going to sit here and 
shoot crazy facts like Josh the last week talk or two weeks ago talking about the Islanders were Stanley Cup favorites and all the nonsense was he was shouting week. about was last, last time yeah. we talked hockey. I know where the Rangers stand right now. They're a rebuilding team. They're playing well. Can they possibly squeak out a playoff spot? It wouldn't shock me if we get a wild card spot. But let's face it, we know what I know what this Ranger team is. And it's not a Stanley Cup team right now. It's not a, even a huge playoff contender. The best case scenario for the Rangers, I've said this from the beginning, is they squeak out a wild card spot in a rebuilding year. I can accept that. Especially now, they're rebuilding. They're getting some young kids. They have some good contributions from some of the guys they got in the trades last season. And they've gotten some draft picks who are playing really well. Philip Hedl has now scored in three straight games. And he was their first-round pick two years ago. So it's just it's good to see those pieces. But I can accept that Lundqvist may not win a Stanley Cup as a Ranger. But I respect the heck out of him that he's willing to stick through and be a Ranger for life, even through this rebuild. Fair. Okay. I give it to you. But here's the thing. This currently is a rebuild. Before, when you traded for Martin San Luis, gave up a lot of your future with Callahan. What, Callahan you gave up? Callahan Um, was not a future bad team. But but he was was a captain. You gave up, what, three first-round picks, three seconds. You gave up for a guy for, what, a one, really one season? Just for nothing. combining a bunch of trades. I don't think think they gave up all six of those picks for Martin San Luis. It It was a trade that the Rangers felt they needed, and... Could they have gone to the Stanley Cup that year in 2014-15 against the Kings without St. Louis? Possibly not. We forgot that that was the year they were down three games to one to the Pittsburgh Penguins in the second round and made the three-game comeback. But they've made some questionable trades over the years. You can admit that. The Eric Stahl trades, one that stands out to me as one of the worst trades they've made that I can remember. And then also Keith Yandel. That was also yeah, a Red Richards trade. contract was good. I like that then, one. Now you look at some of the trades they've made recently. They got rid of Rick Nash and got some good prospects back. They've gotten some good prospects back when they traded away Ryan McDonough and JT Miller, including Brett Howden, who's yeah. been a very good center for them so far. And then Vlad Mesnikov, who could be another piece they deal who's playing pretty well. So it's just it's all about that this year we know what the Rangers are, and they've finally accepted that, you know what, this needs to be a retooling year. And as a Ranger fan, I'm perfectly fine with that. It's time to make that change. And Last time I checked, you said to me that the Islanders are in the exact same boat as the Rangers. We both said that there'd be a battle for last place between the Rangers and the Islanders. Okay. I, I asked you if we could bet on this. Because here's the thing. I think it could have been very interesting. Just the fact that the Islanders lost John Tavares, their leader, their fearless leader, who I cannot believe I'm saying his name. Usually he's called Benedict Arnold, yeah, so you know. I thought he was one of those guys. You just can't say their name. I, I, I'm fur- I, that's why I tweeted him every I think once a week I genuinely just tweet angry things at him and I would love for one day if he could just answer one, or like one of them just so I know that that's proving my point because like, I'll tweet him when he gets like a hat trick I'll just be like you're useless I hope your career does nothing in Toronto you're a traitor all these things and I get nothing back. And he just, and like the way that I know that, at least I know he's on Twitter because like he'll post things that he's doing things for charity and to like support different auctions. No, he, I was hoping he would just, like I thought he was going to be like Kevin Durant and just angrily tweet back at everybody that angry tweets him. But I don't think he has enough time for every single angry Islander fan to live tweet at him. No, I think he's angered way too many Islanders fans to go after one who may be the most vocal, which could be you. <laughs> I, it would not shock me if you're one of the loudest Islanders fans on Twitter about this. Oh, yeah. 
I, I was going crazy. I, I literally locked myself into a room, and I just kept re- refreshing Twitter on July 1st and 2nd. I wouldn't leave. I wouldn't eat. I was scared to do anything because I don't want to be gone for when John Tavares made his decision. And remember, the, the bagel boss guy was giving him free bagels. He said he promised, what was it, two bagels for him and, the, and his wife for eight years? Every single day, including road trips, if he just decided to go return to the New York Islanders, but instead he took less money. Money, which ended up being like $11 million less in one last year, a year on a contract in order to go to Toronto with the trading, with the pajamas, saying that, you know, like, this is where my heart's always wanted to be. If you're John Tavares, right, and I got it, we got to get into this, and then we're going to go into something else. If you're John Tavares, how can you look at yourself knowing that in that Players' Tribune article, he said... He, all along, his heart has always been by playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Why would you lie to the media? You lie to the fans consistently saying, I want to retire as a New York Islander. I want to be up at the great like Gillies. And I want to go up there in the greats with Trottier and all these different guys. You say you want to be as good as, but you don't want to be up in the Raptors at the Nassau Coliseum. You don't want to be up in the Raptors. You could have at the deadline if he knew definitively that he was going to leave the island. Island, why not request a trade? Say, this is where I want to be. I don't want to leave you guys in a position of like an earthquake exploded in the island and left in ruins. Why? How can John Tavares look at himself in the mirror thinking that he really gave his all for the New York Islanders? You look at his plus minus last year. It was an embarrassment. He had the lowest plus minus he's ever had in his career. He stopped playing tough once he gave in at, at the end of the deadline because he knew he was going to Toronto. I think this is a rant you've been kind of waiting to get off your chest, and I'm glad we finally gave you an outlet to do so. I'm Thank glad you finally were able to talk about John Tavares out in the open. There'd be like if like Henrik Lundqvist, like six years ago before he was old man Lundqvist, decided to just leave and like go play for some other crazy country team just for the fact of, you know, like he wanted to return home and like he left your your organization in ruins as your captain and your fearless leader. Yeah, but he isn't doing that and... I'm pretty happy with that. I don't blame you. So, we're going to look at some of the standings. Now that we're going to take a step back and stop talking about John Tavares, at least for a little bit, yeah. we're going to talk about some of the best records in the league, what things are st- are looking good. I think my takeaway from that last conversation, both our teams are not going to be great, <laughs> and it's going to be a battle to see who gets more points, and we know that your Stanley Cup is going to be possibly beating us in a game or it two. It is a the Stanley the Cup for me. It's and a- I just I want them to beat you guys just so I can maybe shut you up about this because it's been going on for four years now and I'm getting tired of it but I know by the end of the year if we end up with more points that'll be the saving grace I need and I'll keep holding that over and I'll be perfectly fine if we lose four games to the Islanders but finish finish with more points than them I'll be perfectly okay with sitting with more points in a better season If if, if neither of the teams go to the playoffs it's almost like what's like it's just the head-to-head. It's just that means more to me. If both of if I know that neither of the teams are going to go to the playoffs, it means a lot more to me knowing that we have, a have a better draft pick. And two, we just beat the heck out of the Rangers. I'll take the positives that you know, developing the young players and having positive light for the future. Then, oh, we won four games against the Rangers. That's just me. I know you and I have different minds. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Um, so 
Predators are looking really solid with 29 points right now out in the West. The Predators, Rene has just, uh, just been balling out in net. Best goals against average in all of hockey in a safe percentage. is just leading the league, so you got to give him a lot of credit there. They're starting to find their groove, and they're just a team that they're, they're differential. Their goals differential. They're plus 20 right now. That's a winning hockey team. Uh, out in the East, the Tampa Bay Lightning. You gotta, you gotta give that again. That's a team also mm-hmm. built for greatness. And I, that's going back a little to John Tavares. I was nervous he was gonna go to Tampa Bay because that's a beat with him. Because remember, Stamkos was a free agent in 2016. He almost came to the Islanders. He was out on the island looking at property. To, he was right, right around when uh, Ben Zobris was looking. And I thought he was gonna come into the island. I was very excited. I was. Uh, yeah, I was like, who's going to wear number 91? I was getting a little excited, a little anxious. Instead, that just didn't happen. It was just a play. But whatever. But they're a team right now that's really just been playing just unbelievably solid. And they have um, just some great contributions. Uh, Vasilevsky's just been playing um, pretty solid in net. We have 2.29 goals against average. Braden Point, leader in points with 24 14 goals, Kucherov, 16 assists. Steven Samkos has 17.6 goals, 11 assists. Um, he's playing well. JT Useless right now is a minus five goals against average for them. I know one of your former guys, 15 points so far. McDonough, another guy. Oof, this is like, I used to the say. Islanders, sorry, not that. Yeah. Lightning are like Rangers <laughs> south. All, all, so many former Rangers are now on them. You got Dan Girardi, Ryan McDonough. I love this. It's so, Ryan Callahan, JT Miller. It's just, whenever you do the Rangers, you go to play for the Lightning. But in all seriousness, you said that the Lightning are great. They have great goaltending by Vasilevsky. They have some great forwards, Point, Kucherov, Stamkos, JT Miller's con- con- contributing. And in defense, they have two top defensemen in Ryan McDonough and Hedman just playing great. And now there's talk about their head coach has said that they deserve another Norris Trophy winner for best defenseman. They and they should. The way they're playing, why not? This team's poss- probably the Stanley Cup favorite in a very crowded uh, Atlantic division with your hated Toronto Maple Leafs oh. right behind them in that division. Toronto. I, You know, you just opened up the door for Toronto. That, that game, there's a homecoming game in February. And the, why I love the Islanders is the fact of this game was originally supposed to go to the Barclays Center. The Islanders instead came out a couple weeks ago. On February 13th, they're moving this game to the Nassau Coliseum. His homecoming game is going to be surrounded by about 17,000 people that look at him as if he's Benedict Arnold and being a traitor for the British. It's like that. It's pretty much... that's And I can't... I, I literally am trying to get there in any way possible. I would love to go to this game. I would drive, what is it, three and a half hours up? I, I just want I just want to be like a fly on the wall. Watch. And they could film a commercial for like for like Beats or somebody uh, just trying to block out the noise because you know every time he's going to touch the puck it's just going to be electric I don't think I've been working doing this show with you for a few weeks now we've been on the radio together for three years it is very hard to block out the noise that comes from your mouth sometimes so that's going to require a lot of Patience for Tavares. I don't even know if he'll be able to do I don't think that. Could. So imagine all, like seventeen thousand people exactly like me. They're going to be going absolutely bonkers. It is, and you know if he gets hit, what's going to happen? Oh, the world's going to erupt. It's going to people. Are, it's going to register on the Richter scale. It's gonna be like an earthquake <laughs> with how loud the stadium will get just from John Tavares getting touched. I hope that one of our boys for the Islanders just swings at John Tavares. If somebody just bodied John Tavares. 
I would leave the place would go nuts. Or if, if and if somebody decided to go into the box for five minutes, uh, the place would go crazy going after the fans. It, it would be like you'd be the news, uh, like the Wilmore Floors almost of New York for the Mets. It would, it would be like the, I don't even care who it is. This it could be anybody if they go after Tavares, he would become a new hero. Yep. Um, Columbus, our guy, another one of our guys. One day we're gonna do like a Mount Rushmore of our guys. John Tortorella, he just re- knows how to just build teams and make them into perennial contenders. He turned this Columbus Blue Jackets team that was a nobody, nothing, worthless team that nobody wanted to be a part of, and he turned them into this great team that's made the playoffs straight, three straight years the minute he takes over. Yeah, he's done a great job with them. I think that they're. An interesting team. They haven't got the goaltending right now. Farbrowski, yeah. former candidate for the Vezina Trophy, he's had, had his best series, only averaging 2.6 goals allowed, which is a little high for someone who, in that Metropolitan Division, it is crowded. You know who the last place team in the Metropolitan right now? Oh. The Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> if I told you that, <laughs> we know that's not going to be the case. We know no, they're going to jump right across both of our teams, the Rangers Show. and the Islanders, by the end of the season. Oh, yeah. And then Washington, of course, will be up there. Columbus is probably the third, maybe fourth best team in that division, but ton of credit for John Torrell. He's done a great job. Panarin is having a great season, 21 points. People are wondering if this is his last year in Columbus. He might be out, and I'm sure everyone's going to be going after him. Atkinson, Wierenski on defense. They have a lot of good, solid players. They're just been a a very competitive. They don't really have that superstar. They just have a bunch of players doing their job, and Torrell has done an incredible job since he's came over. Even I, who was not a big Torrell fan when he's with the Rangers, can admit when he's doing he's done a great job turning that team around i think he did a great job with the rangers i, I i'm not even trolling here i genuinely think that like you gave him more time to let him kind of do his own thing more he i mean i'm not trying to troll you like he genuinely probably could have at least gotten you guys to the finals more or even brought home a cup honestly yeah he's he was good and after a while he kind of just ran his course he never yeah. was able to get them to the next step that's when they brought in elaine vigno and he took <sighs> that, he took that step right away and then downgraded and made terrible line decisions. I don't even want to get into how much I did not like him after a while. And I'm I'm very happy with the current coach, but that's a topic for a different day. We don't need we've already gone on our uh, rants of the Rangers day. Rangers and Islanders talk. I'm very happy with how David Quinn's done with Quinn's New York. Yeah. Um besides that, we'll get into a little bit more of the uh plus minuses. Or actually I'm scratching that. Scratch that from the brain. We're going to go with the Vegas Golden Knights. This is something that everybody <laughs> and their uncles were chirping me. You, should, you are abroad for this. Everyone's chirping at me. People I've got no idea are tweeting at me uh, on the on the uh, Twitter, on the sports one, and even some people on my own Twitter. Wait, you, you, you tweet on Twitter? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh. The tweets were go- were electric, right? About every, like remember Dylan last year, the sports director coming at me, Mark's coming after me, and then be and like Sean, Sean, Sean's barely involved in radio. He's starting this whole thing over the summer, and everyone's coming after me. They're flying after me. People are tweeting like crazy. We had like seventy tweets in like a two day span. Genuinely, we had I think was seventy eight tweets just directed at me of just people like rooting for the for the Vegas Golden Knights. So I would have to end up doing the bet with which was a long story. I'm not gonna really want to get into. And people were just openly listening to the show and just hoping, hoping that the... And remember, the Golden Knights had the easiest road. Do you know that they they took the least amount of games to make it to the finals in NHL history? Doesn't that just make them a show that they were a competitive team and an exciting team to watch? No. And no. I know you don't they like stink. them. This they stink. They were horrible. 
Yeah, this year has not been good. I know, I know where you're going with this. Uh, I know where I'm going. Yeah, towards the end glad. of the Pacific Division right now. You know how I think of them. We've mentioned it last time we talked hockey. I, st- I think they're a better team than they are. But Marc-Andre Fleury has to pick things up. He's also in that conversation with the 2.6 goals a lot. Sure. Goals against average. Nobody on the team's really becoming that big goal scorer like last year. Last year I saw Marchesaw had over He's last 30 strong. goals. This series only at 8, which is still on pace for around 30, but... I think he's got to pick up his game a little bit. William Carlson's only with four goals. He's Nobody's they're not scoring at the same pace. It's been a diff, much different team than last year. I think it's kind of last year was a fun, a lot, of, a very fun story, and now teams are kind of figuring out how to beat Vegas and becoming more competitive against them. I still think they're a playoff team, and I think that they'll find their way in. I they're, they're clearly not the favorite in the West, and I think the best case scenario with them right now is probably. Pick things up, maybe get a second round exit, but they're not as good as they were last year, obviously. And I think that it was a great story last year. They're going to be an exciting team for years to come, but I think you're right about this that they're not the Stanley Cup team, but wrong about this that they're just a brutal, awful hockey team. They are pretty brutal, though. Let's, right now, let's right just call a spade a spade. Right now, they're brutal. Oh, yes. yeah. And they, remember, they, it's not like they are like didn't think they were built for now. They genuinely thought they were good last year, and they brought in Max Pacioretty to prove a point that they're a good team. And he's been horrible. I remember, the Islanders were linked to him. I was scared they were going to go after Max Pacioretty. I didn't want to go anywhere near Pacioretty. All I remember for him is that he got hit on the ice with Chora. That's what I think of when I think of Max Pacioretty. That was, what, like six years ago, eight, seven years ago? That's the first thing I think of is him getting laid out. Yeah, he's had an awful season so far. Only four points in 16 games. He's supposed to be a big goal scorer for Vegas and hasn't been the case. They've been counting on people and they haven't gotten the contributions from them that you could expect so but I think I do expect the turnaround I said it before and I'll yeah. go by it but I don't know if they're not the favorite anymore if they're not going to be in the Stanley Cup most likely I still think they'll find a way to squeak out a playoff spot this year we're playing a little quick fun game and then we're gonna get, and maybe we'll we'll drop off depending on where this goes um, the LA Kings have the worst goals against or goals for to goals against in the entire hockey league. They're at minus twenty-two. That means they've allowed twenty-two more goals than they've scored. Okay, that's pretty bad. Then, then in and of itself, right? The Blackhawks minus sixteen. The Ducks minus sixteen. Uh, the Ottawa Senators minus eleven, and Vancouver minus eleven. So if I if I didn't remember last year's playoffs, right? Almost every one of those teams were in the playoffs last year. Yeah, it's been a complete turnaround where you saw the teams were confident seeing every year. Like you mentioned, the Anaheims, the, uh, the Los Angeleses, Chicago, uh, St. Louis, even this down Anaheim, near bottom. Yeah. We're always used to seeing those teams, and it's uh, we mentioned it before. The young teams like the Calgarys and the Vancouver stand out immediately to me. The young teams are taking that leap up, and the teams we're used to seeing are falling back and then there's of course Edmonton who's supposed to be that young yep. team taking a leap up and just playing very they're a very average team right now it's very, very average I I don't never know what to make of Edmonton they're supposed to they have the best player in hockey in Connor McDavid and they can never establish themselves as a favorite in the west it's a very it's very weird to me I love the fact, and I know I hate that I keep going back to the Islanders. I hate it, but I love it. That Ryan Strom, right? The guy who the Islanders got, right? So they trade away Ryan Strom, and they made a beautiful. They got Eberly, right? This guy. I didn't know who he was. I knew he had potential a little bit, but I knew Ryan Strom stinks. Flat up, I knew he was god awful. So we traded him away. I love, with a capital L, that the New York Rangers. Picked off Ryan Strom off of the struggling, inconsistent Edmonton Oilers. I it's, love it. 
you know what? Ryan Spooner was making more money, and he was kind of the odd man out for the Rangers. I I didn't mind the trade. Strom's making it's to about two years, a little over six million. Spooner was at two years, eight million. You save a little cap space for a guy who's right now the thirteenth forward on the team with Spooner. I'll I'll do that deal. And yeah. he's kind of he came on last year, and you started to wonder is he a possible piece for his team? And then this year he only had. I think two points in 16 games, similar to Strom, but Strom just has the Stakes. former fifth overall pick upside. So I'll, I'd do that trade if I'm the Rangers. I was perfectly okay seeing that trade. How many goals or anything does Strom have? Or uh, I think, Twitter? I think they're both at one goal, one, <laughs> one assist. They both have done the I love exact it. same contribution. What a great trade. It's just trading Ryan's for the same production and a little less money on Go. the Rangers' side. Go. That's what I like to hear. Um, but... Any other last impressions before we get into some quick college football stuff, or are you are you just good with hockey for right now? I think I'm good. We established all the good teams. I, not a shocker, San Jose sitting atop of the Pacific Division. They're good. They were one of the favorites in the West, and we're starting to see the pieces come together. Eric Carlson, after that trade in the offseason, becoming a one of the, continuing to be one of the top defenders in the league. So I think that we're seeing the teams we expect, and then West. Up top of the division, some surprising teams like Calgary and Vancouver bringing up the rear. And then in the east, we have the two clear top teams in the Atlantic with the Lightning and the Maple Leafs. The Metropolitans, an absolute who knows what's going on with that right now. We know Columbus is on top, but we all know who's going to jump across by the end. It'll be Washington and Pittsburgh, yeah. but it's been fun. And as a Ranger fan, I'm enjoying this so far. As an Islander fan, I know you're enjoying this. It's been a fun hockey season so far. Yeah, it's definitely been a great hockey season. I'm excited. I'm excited to see where things go, especially will guys like Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, Ovechkin, the guys like that step up to the plate and continue to carry the teams, or will there be teams like last year's Devils team that kind of just flew out of nowhere and are going to be a serious pusher come uh, postseason play? So I'm very curious to see where that goes. But that's all we're going to do with. Hockey. Next, what we're going to do and jump into, we're going to hop into some college football talk. College football been very, very interesting as of late. And the rankings, the rankings are just, it's just getting more and more controversy circling each of these teams. I think right now, and we talked about this, I think last week, if you're the college football committee, you can't be any happier with if it's Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame and Michigan. You that's like your dream rating scenario. Do you know the ratings will be going wild for I think, those matches? I think the only way you can get the ratings even better is somehow Ohio State found its oh, way that's back true. in. But yeah, you got some of the most popular teams in college football. Of course, Alabama, Notre Dame's playing incredible this season, and then Michigan. You were calling for Jim Harbaugh's head yes, earlier this season, so. It's funny that that's a call you forget to remind people that you got yeah. wrong. It's funny that that doesn't get brought up on the show enough. But Mr. Big Brains over there, he gets a few calls right or wrong here and there. Hey, I'll admit, what last year I said Bill O'Brien's gonna get fired. The year I remember, I came on the radio and I came out with ten coaches that get fired. The only guy that did not get fired was Bill O'Brien. That was what was the career. I nailed nine out of ten. And remember, these are certain. Some of those calls were guts. And example, this was some of the gutsy calls. These were teams. Some of the teams were in the playoffs. These are in. It was in football and the NFL and in college. I gave ten names. Like three or four of them are genuinely nobody talked about going into the year. I just was like, this guy stinks as a coach. Yeah, I, I rip on you. you. You get some predictions right. You're pretty good at predicting some of these things. But 
I'm, ha- I'm always happy to bring up some of the calls <laughs> you get wrong because you don't do that enough. On I don't your get own, on, so. Oh, I, don't, I rarely get things wrong. And I, you don't bring up the stuff you bring. Oh, it gets wrong. hidden. So that's my job now is to make sure people know that Mr. Big Brains over here he does get things wrong every once in a while. Oh, good. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, yeah. So. We're just going to highlight some of the quick games in some instant reaction. Bama was like, had their hands full. It was 10 10 at halftime against the Citadel. You know what, Callan? I'll go at, on campus. I will get you a drink right now if you could tell me where the Citadel is located. And you're probably looking at it right now. So, without that, would you have been able to tell me where the Citadel I'm betting it's what? It's like South Carolina it's or something? Somewhere in the southern. I, I, honestly, I can't tell you. Good. I, All right. I don't think Good. either of us can. Nope. Yeah, I looked at you. the uh, I looked at the schedule on Saturday. I'm like, oh, let's see what games are going on. Saw Alabama's playing the Citadel. I'm like, huh? Didn't even know that was a college. Me neither. And I, I, oh, it's a military college of South Carolina. No big deal. Said South Carolina. It's in Charleston. No big deal. Got it right. Um, that's impressive though. I like that. I like watching random almost upsets and people. I was getting a little excited. I wasn't even watching the game. I was getting excited. I was getting excited. And I was like, oh, 10-10, halftime. This is awesome. <laughs> then I turned back in a few minutes later. I'm like, oh, 34-10. No longer awesome. Yeah. Just Alabama doing their usual domination. And to, uh, it was nice seeing Jalen Hurts get some playing time and getting back in after another blowout. And Hurts playing well. Tua continuing his Heisman Trophy campaign. <laughs> I don't think we need to go on too much longer. Um, to, I was going to talk just quick to a two update, 18 to 22, 340 passing yards, three touchdowns, other quick two update, four rushes for 37 rushing yards and a touchdown. Just thought that was relevant. I want to know the Citadel, which made me kind of laugh a little bit. The Citadel passed it twice the entire game. 0 for 2. They've rushed the ball 60 times. For a total of 275 rushing yards and two touchdowns. That's college for you. No, that's, that's a triple that's option football for you. Incredible. I didn't even realize it was that little. There's, I can't even think of a It's almost like Lamar Jackson was at quarterback even for the Ravens Uh-oh. today. You saw that. I'm yeah. sure we'll get into that. That was, we'll, we'll get into that, that was fun to watch. But, yeah, I never thought I would see a even a college game where a team only throws two times. Especially when they're down, the final score was fifty to seventeen. Yeah, they were still just trying to run triple option. Now they're four and six. You know what? You keep doing your triple option. I I came. I played high school football. I came from triple option. I had a great time with triple option. I never got the ball really as a receiver, but so be it. Um, next, we're going to jump into Notre Dame is starting to pad the resume a little bit. Mm-hmm. They took on a number twelve ranked Syracuse team. Syracuse was a team. Nobody really had high expectations for DeVito this year. Starting to pick up the slack. 14 to 31 for 105. But there's two interceptions. Before this game, he started to really look as if they were going necessarily in the right direction. When he stepped in the Florida State game, he was 11 to 16 for 144 and a huge win against Florida State. Um, but so he had a pretty decent season up to date. Uh, I'm a little disappointed for Syracuse that they weren't able to pull this one out. But Ian Book, 23 of 37 for 292 and two touchdowns. Um, so things are looking good for Notre Dame. We talked about earlier in the season, are they a real team? We knew they were going to have to run the table, not having very many nationally ranked teams. They took on number 14, Michigan. They won 24-17. They took on number 7, Stanford, won 38-17. They went to, West, or they went to Virginia Tech, won 45-23. That was ranked number 24. And then 
Uh, Syracuse ranked number 12, 36 to 3. And then they got a really bad USC team this week. We knew they were going to have to win out for them to uh, make it to the college football playoff. They did everything that was asked to them, and it looks as if they're going to be in for the first time since Everett Golson, if I'm not mistaken. A little Everett Golson action, a name many people haven't heard in a little bit, who ended up going to what Florida State, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's good to see Notre Dame back, and it's good to see them in the college football playoff. They've been incredible. You mentioned four ranked opponent wins over ranked opponents this season. They've done what you, just, you said it best. They did what they're expect, asked to do, and... As long as they can beat USC this weekend, we'll see them playing in the college football playoff and playing a tough Clemson team most likely if the rankings yep. stayed the same. and That'll be a very entertaining game. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how they fare in this, and it's been a lot of fun to see them, Notre Dame, back playing top-level college football. Yeah, absolutely. Also, uh, Michigan, Harbaugh, a guy, again, who's had Icon for – I thought that they they wasted some great talent at the quarterback position, but they brought they got the transfer from Ole Miss, Shea Patterson, stepping up for the Wolverines. He has had a great year, 18 touchdowns, four interceptions. He's had a nice year. He had 250 passing yards. He was 16 to 28 on the day. Nine rushes for 68 rushing yards. Just had a nice day, and it was able to lead. They were on upset alert though. They were on upset mm-hmm. alert. They were losing at halftime, and then they pretty much scored 16 straight points, and that was all she wrote for upset alert. Yeah, it was, it was interesting to watch. Uh, we didn't know what to make of Michigan early in the year. You were calling for Jim Harbaugh's head. Yep. And we were wondering, is this going to be the end of Michigan? Are they done as that powerhouse, and they're just turning things around? You mentioned Shea Patterson, another really good game. They sit now at 10-1, and fourth-ranked team in college football. And we know what's coming next. In a few weeks, they will be taking on Ohio State. Always entertaining. Always one of the most exciting games of the year. This is a hot Michigan Wolverine team. They're feisty, too. Yeah. They're a bunch of, both teams have a bunch of dogs that are feisty right now. So, you would think that this game would... They'd have to have that final statement win against Ohio State. And here we are. So, that'll be... Must watch TV whenever Ohio State and Michigan takes off, especially when it's two top ten teams. Not too much more to add. In yeah. that I, Jim Harbaugh's done an incredible job with Michigan, especially after the early season loss. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I think you're going to hear a lot of whoa, 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 whoa's during that game, especially when it shocked me before kickoff. If you hear whoa, 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 you're getting the, with the sound effects. Um I, I can't wait. This is one of the best rivalries in all of mm-hmm. football, and I just I can't wait. I'm always chomping at the bit every time when I watch this game and these and knowing that they're going to be playing each other in one of the best rivalries. I cannot wait. Uh, Kansas, Kansas, we'll talk about. Kansas has a new head coach. They got a guy in Les Miles. I'm very excited. Remember, I'm a Les Miles guy. I've said it from day one. I think Les Miles has not received the credit in which he has deserved uh, since. Remember, they won a national championship, and then pretty much after that, everybody came kind of came flying for his head, and I kind of felt kind of poorly for the guy. This is a guy who, yes, he st- he struggled because they had a bad quarterback situation. He, and L- remember, LSU has not produced great quarterbacks in a very long time. The last great LSU quarterback to realistically come out into the draft, at least in college, like a Jamarcus Russell, they're not known for really pumping out some great quarterbacks. So. Um, that's just one thing there. He got a nice contract to 
go to Kansas. Kansas uh, as a team, if I'm him, I don't know why you would take it. And I understand why. I, I was reading about it because I just couldn't wrap my head around how nobody has reached out to the guy who's like the eighth most winning college football coach in, in college football history. I was like, what, what do you mean? Yeah, I understand he didn't have a great exit uh, to his to, at the end of his LSU tenure. But really, I, when I tell you this, he had 142 wins. And 55 losses in his coaching career. 55 losses, including 34 losses in 12 years. So my question is, this is a total of a 72% win percentage, including a 77% winning percentage in one of the toughest programs at LSU, remember? At LSU. This is, to me, at least in my humble opinion... I don't understand how, and I and the reason why he didn't get that uh, those opportunities before, and you're looking at last year, there's a lot of interesting jobs in the market, was the fact that they had like a non-compete clause in that contract that he just got reworked last week in order to be able to return to coaching because they are paying him like eight and a half million a year to like just sit on the sideline and do nothing. This is a great hire for Kansas. There's no other way around it. You mentioned the experience and the incredible tenure he's had had with LSU that ended a little abruptly, but it's hopefully this could put Kansas on the map. You and I were talking before the show about the fit. It doesn't seem like the... You would have thought if Les Miles was going to get back into coaching and get hired, it would be at a bigger school, a bigger name school, try and get him right back in the top 25. He's going to have his work cut out for him in Kansas, but I, you wonder about if maybe he has a few good years in Kansas Gets them borderline to the top 25, gets mm-hmm. them back in the conversation. There's another big name school to try to prime away. Or does he decide, this is my school now, and I'm going to do whatever I can to completely turn this program around? It'll be fun. And, you know, Kansas is always not talked about in college football. They're known much more for basketball. You hope that the ten- bring in Les Miles, such a big name coach, can turn that into more of a football school. And it'll be an exciting thing to watch for next season to see how he is able to turn this team around and whether or not he's able to have more success than he is probably thought to have had to have during this time but you hope that he has success I wish it well and it's it'll be entertaining you like having one of the big names in coaching back in college football yeah and for a little fun fact for you at home the only division one school that has head coaches to win national titles in both football and basketball is Kansas now with Bill Self in 2008 and Les Miles in 2007. So a little fun fact for you back home. Um, he had a lot of, even to the year before he got fired, right? He, he, they finished sixth overall. How do you get fired going nine and three and then you go two and two and get fired? Explain that to me. You start up two and two the season before you were nine and three. And you get fired. I don't. I don't really know. I think it must have just been some uh, behind-the-scenes stuff that we aren't able to see. You mentioned you like to be a fly on the wall and some of these things. That would be an interesting fly on the wall. You wonder. You would think maybe something was going on behind the scenes that they just knew it was time to make the change. But it's good to see him back coaching. You always like having those big names oh, yeah. back in back coaching. So it'll be. An entertaining team to watch these next few years, whether or not he's able to turn this Kansas Jayhawks team into contender, get them into the top 25. 
Mm. Um, we'll talk two more games, and then we'll head into a break. The first one, upset alert, Oklahoma State, the uh, the Cowboys take down West Virginia 45-41 at home. West Virginia was a team ranked number nine with Will Greer, a guy you've talked about, who as a potential Heisman guy, and I, I think this game kind of flushed it a little bit away, 27 of 48 for 364 and two touchdowns, quarterback rating about 48.4, just not his day, and now knowing how good Tua is and knowing how good Kyler Murray is at uh, yeah. Oklahoma, it's a two-man race, and I still think it's Tua's, job. It's Tua's trophy to take. Yeah, Greer was someone I just thought of as a... Uh, Maybe not under a radar, but someone who wasn't getting as much talk who would be in the conversation. But you mentioned Tua's been incredible this season, and even and Kyler Murray as well, two of the best quarterbacks in all of college football. And they're more deserving. Greer was just an under-the-radar sleeper kind of name. This is a tough loss for West Virginia. There's no other way to put it around it. They just defense failed them. You Most of the time you put up 41, you expect to win the game, and just not the best game. They did pick off Cornelius, the cornerback for, quarterback for Oklahoma State, twice but just weren't able to do too much it just came down to one or two drives allowing 266 yards on the ground you're not gonna win too many games like that but a good win for Oklahoma State West Virginia now trending towards one of the higher up bowl games which would be exciting to see but yeah I think it was a a wild game that's for sure yeah, um, I don't know if you remember last year. I had a great time because if you remember, I actually called like and nobody talked about one of them. If you remember, was oh, uh, who I thought was yeah, a human yeah, joystick. Yeah, Lamar, I, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I called and I said yeah. Greg Ward. Greg Ward. He looked, but I just thought that I just you made me think about the good old memory of calling Lamar Jackson who he is. So that's a great lead in almost. The last one, Ohio State. Survives a thriller down in Maryland. Maryland see the entire season for their football program, their athletics department, in a complete recruits are decommitting. A lot's been happening, and it's a whirlwind. What's happening? Uh, had that look on his face that they, he thought the game was over with like a minute and a half left. Once uh, Michigan score or uh, Ohio State uh, allowed that 405 passing yards and three touchdowns. For Ohio State and just really put that team on this back. And 15 carries for 59 yard, uh, rushing yards and three touchdowns. He's somebody that said he's high. So thought it was kind of funny. Um, they survived an epic. And going for two in overtime. Let's just go for the win right here. Like you mentioned, they've had some controversy with the excitement of that game. Maybe put themselves back in the conversation, get a huge upset win. Start. Unlike uh, Carolina going for two today for the win, which I did not like. I kind of yeah. like this in. Maryland's shoes. They only threw the ball 14 times. We talk about a random thriller. One of the games of the year. We now have them sitting at number 10. And as we mentioned, we're playing most into the. If he goes into the draft, where will he get taken? What what kind of success can he possibly have? Ohio State has not really produced too many great quarterbacks. We know he had uh, Cordell Jones, who's not a bad Yeah, I was saying Cordell, J- uh, JT Barrett, JT- Paxton Miller didn't really work out. And I, but here's the Terrell question. Pryor. Is it, if you look at it though, there's a t- double edged sword on this. If you look at the spread uh, type of teams and make throws, these are guys that are, again, like human joysticks, like a Lamar Jackson type. But that's what cutters who just sit there and they can read and if they have to scramble, that's the new era of quarterbacks that pan out. Will come from the same school. It's just it's 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 tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at like Georgia or LSU or Michigan. Tom Brady, yes, but no, yeah, I I completely get that, and I 
agree with you wholeheartedly. But it's just one of the Haskins, Haskins down when you are doing your draft process just because he went to Ohio State. But it's just something for us kind of going to the NFL. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I completely get what you're saying. It's just an interesting story of him as a sophomore. Here. Yeah. But that's going to be all the time we got here. There's a great weekend of college football that we're definitely going to get into. The matchups and ACC matchups are already going to be set. But we'll talk about that the next time we come on. The football action from the National Football League on Sunday. I don't know how it looked very good. It was an exciting week nonetheless. Nine games of the 12 that were being played. Games it made for an exciting week of football, including I'll wear the homework behind wind where I was almost starting to write out the rant. I was going to come on and open the show. Uh-oh. About what happened on Thursday night, the uh, Seattle Seahawks won 37th in the Green Bay Packers. Rodgers 21 of 30 for 332 and two touchdowns. It was just... They're, it's not their year. They're four, five, and one. They're clearly they're now zero and five on the road. At the stage of Mike McCarthy being yep. out of here after this year, what I did not get from two from your own what was it thirty five? Yeah. Why didn't you go for it? You have one of the best. Qu- We're doing the whole Monday morning quarterback <laughs> thing right here. But why why didn't you go for it? You gotta have doing nothing all game. It didn't make sense to me. But good win for Seattle, keeping himself down in the standings and trending. Like they'll be missing out of the playoffs this year, yeah. and you and you're firing your coordinators. You know that's your last ditch effort before you you get canned yourself uh, of the Green Bay Packers. What happens next? And if, especially if they don't stay, because if you notice with their hiring, even their head coaching guys, they they love keeping it in house. They don't really look outside the. Be shocked, and I always say this, and I've said this for what like eight years now. Uh, Dallas Cowboys will jump into. Uh yeah. I mean, he had a. Not so great game, 22 of 32. But Ezekiel Elliott carried his team on his back, 122 yards and a touchdown. And completely alive and are very much alive in the NFC East. Only a game back of Washington who might open for Dallas to make a playoff push. And you know what that means for Jason Garrett, a guy who should probably get this, will still have his back and probably keep him around, though we know he probably shouldn't. Absolutely. Um, Dan Quinn should be on the hot seat. This, game, this seat should be able to make marshmallows. Well. Direction, but I still can't put in there just because of what I keep saying. That defense is what this team can really be when everyone's healthy. So I don't think you can really evaluate Dan Quinn based off of their... The Detroit Lions beat a 6-3 and Carolina Panther team. 20-9. to Um... Ron Rivera, it's an interesting uh, situation he's in with him. For real, nobody knows. I can't tell you. So right now it's just all up in limbo. They're 1-4 and four on the... Yeah, Riverboat Ron, as he's known, Riverboat. always with the uh, questionable calls, and he made himself that name, nickname come right back out, and he forwarded it to overtime, possibly. They go for it and fail. So you expect that from a team who's probably out of it. If it was the roles were reversed, I wouldn't have minded Detroit going for it because we know what Detroit is. Carolina is trying to establish themselves as a serious wild card contender. You would have thought you'd have faith in a deer that if you take it to overtime, we can win this game. So it's a little questionable play calling there, but forward. But I think they're they proved now that they're more of a possible of a wild card team than anything this year. Of the entire weekend would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New York Giants win over the Bucks for now three and seven again one and five on the road. People got to start looking at these on the road things. I'm, um, so did they start out the game with Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Harvard looking so hot. So, what they decided to do, put Jameis Winston, famous Jameis, back in the game. Not too bad for Jameis Winston. Uh, but, however, 
17 of 18 for 231 and two touchdowns. Wow. Is the Buccaneers' defense that bad? Yeah, they fired Mike Smith, right? Yeah, where Eli Manning can complete, or only throw one incomplete pass. But, yeah, good win for the Giants, I guess. And what about Saquon? Saquon has 27 for, uh, attempts for 142 and two touchdowns? Best game as a pro so far. With statistically, he's, he's incredible. Yeah, he's touchdown one, receiving touchdown too. Yeah, he's, he's already established himself as one of the best running backs in football. One of the most fun players to watch in all of football. And I know this isn't surprising anyone by saying this, but surprise, surprise, the Buccaneers have a new starting quarterback. I think this is Ooh. now the both they've swapped them both times. They start off with Fitzpatrick, went to Jameis, went back to Fitzpatrick. Now they're back to Jameis. It won't shock me if Fitzpatrick's starter in a few weeks again. But I guess why not see what Jameis has? You have that big contract. Uh, op- option at the end of the year to make sure you really want Jameis as your starter for yeah. your future. So I guess this is a good thing for the Bucks to really evaluate the future and whether or not Jameis Winston is the guy going yeah. forward. Um, that's fair. I don't know if he is, to be honest. With I, you. I don't know. Either. He's probably one like those guys that could be a nice backup somewhere. I don't see him as a starter. He's very turnover prone, and he's a gunslinger. He's going to make those. He has had a lot of turnovers. I think I agree with you. I don't know if he really is a franchise quarterback or a guy. He's the former number one overall pick, but he hasn't shown it yet for me to be comfortable if I'm the Bucks giving him that money to with that option to make him the guy. Yeah. Uh, Next, Andrew Luck had a nice day. uh, 23 of 29 for 297, three touchdowns. T.Y. Hilton, nine receptions, 155 receiving yards, two touchdowns. The Colts beat the Titans. Well, almost a team that I was going to say the lock of the week after what they did to New England last week. Uh, They just did horrible. We keep going back and forth with this. Who are the Tennessee Titans? And now, Marcus Mariota had to leave the game with an injury. And and came Blaine Gabbert. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was fun to watch. See Blaine Gabbert go back to the glory days of 2012 when he was drafted <laughs> by the Jaguars in the first round. But what out of uh, uh, what uh, Missouri? Yeah. I mean, yep. yep. No big now, deal. The big brain, Jacksonville. Andrew Luck now as maybe they can contending in the division, yeah. contending in a possible wild card. The Colts have played really well, and the Titans they have a. They were supposed to have a good defense, but to make this team, but Colts give them a lot of credit. That they played really well today. And uh, next, the uh, Texans pick up their seventh one of the year, beating the Watery twenty-one in the nation's capital. Deshaun Watson sixteen or twenty-four for two hundred eight pass went down with a real gruesome leg injury that he's going to be missing the rest of the season. Longhorn, who had a great career at Texas, no big deal. And then they're going to be bringing Sanchez. yeah, I got the name list right now: EJ Manuel, Oof. Kellen Clemens, Mark Sanchez. So let's make I, it bet. Let's who, who we taking? I'm, I'm. I'll let you go first. I know who I'm going with the quote unquote experience and wow. A first place team. Let's see. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be bad. I might not thinking. EJ Manuel, Sanchez, interesting guy. I might be going with Mark Sanchez. Next, T uh, TJ Yates. Back to Callen. AFC East. This is terrible. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Mark's coming out of Oregon State. Oh, yeah, I think he's my, old. My my big takeaway from this game: he, defensive line is incredible, and Watson continues to play pretty good football. The offense is starting to click. It surprised me that Demarius Thomas did not get a single or top the NFC East and without their starting quarterback for the year. 
are, are they done? Does that end so bad that so Colt McCoy bad. can still lead them to division title? They're so bad that generally the New York Giants aren't even dead yet. I'm going to be real honest with you. I'm not dead. They're, it's probably going to be good enough to win this division this year. Oh, and remember, so they got Philly, then they got the Bears and Dallas. If they win a majority of these games, they might make the playoffs. It happened. I, I'm thinking the Giants dug themselves in too big of a hole, but you know what? Who knows? And it's brutal today. They're, they can't keep a defense. They could call me up. I think they need me at defensive back. I think Something I'm in the NFC East. Who, if you had to put, you're a betting guy. If you had to put yep. money on it, who's winning the East right now? And I'm not confident at all, but I think the way everyone's been playing, I think Dallas just he, he looked the best. And I think nine and seven or eight and eight is going to be good. And probably nine and seven is be good enough to win this division this year. Yeah, I think so as well. I, I'm I'm just curious to know where things end up going, especially for the fact that Philly's so bad. Their defense can't stay healthy. Nick Foles is starting to throw interceptions. He's not the guy that people expected before he got hurt. Things aren't a little glory where it is. They beat the uh, three and seven now Jacksonville Jaguars, and I thought we were a championship game last year. They gave Tom Brady a little bit of a problem. They gave you guys problems last year. Big Ben, twenty seven. An interesting game. Yeah. I will say that. Early in the game, I was sitting watching the game, and in my head, oh, God, it's happening again. This team can't play in Jacksonville for some reason, and it plays down to competition. Jacksonville is on a five-game losing streak and playing atrocious lately, and a, court, a team that was supposed to have a good running defense in the Steelers was looking foolish against Leonard Fournette. And that team on his back, he had thrown three picks, and it was just a brutal start to this. Going, he finished with 117 yards in the first half. He only had one catch for seven yards. So he told me that he would got to. But as a Steelers fan, it's another one of those never give up wins. They continue to. And I think it's a nice win for me because Jalen Ramsey before the year said that Ben Roethlisberger was decent <laughs> at best. You guys are three and seven, and Ben Roethlisberger took a team on his back, has two Super Bowl rings, and has garbage today. For, for Thirty-seven game, points for, for one game. And I, Fair. it's a good defense. It's a bad. It's a able game. to put his put the team on his back and get that team get the win, get the W somehow. Work out a win, but another good join it. You know the who had a higher pass rating between Blake, uh, between Ben Roethlisberger and Blake. Yards for 104? 104, correct. Yeah. So uh, let's take let's take that. The don't let Blake Quarles throw the ball. Not too dumb. Smart. I don't blame them. Team be successful when their game plan for the whole game is don't, don't let our quarterback throw the ball. And he got sacks. Hey, you know you have a problem with Eric. You know something funny? I just realized something. You know that the, since they brought in Eric Flowers, and you realize who started at left tackle today for them? Eric Flowers. Eric Flowers. Just very funny. Just little, just little fun little tidbits. Um... But the Bengals and the Ravens had an interesting game today. Lamar Jackson made his first start, and he led them to a win, a 24-21 win over the Bengals, who started looking kind of hot. Lamar Jackson, 13 of 19 for 150 passing yards, an interception, and he was also their leading rusher and leading in carries. He had 27 carries for 117 passing yards, so he ran the ball more than he threw it. And who said he was a running back? I don't know who said he was a running back. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to ignore that and just move on. We don't need to give you more credit than you Thank try you. to put on yourself on. But Thank you. Baltimore, we'll see what's going on now that Lamar Jackson has to be a starter. John Harbaugh, after the game, said that Joe Flacco most likely seems like he won't be ready for um. next week, and Lamar Jackson may start again, and they're planning on having him throw the ball more. Who knows? They're playing Oakland, so he might not need to throw the ball much more. But hey. I wasn't expecting too much from Lamar Jackson, but... 
27 carries is unheard of. It's some of the most rushing attempts by a quarterback since 1999. <laughs> what is this, Michael Vick era again? It, it's incredible. But Cincinnati proved once again that they're not as good as they started off the year as. And now they're both 5-5, five and five, so I don't really know who's the biggest threat to the Steelers in that division. But it's both of them are going to be battling out for potential wildcard spot. I think the Steelers have shown that they're better than both of them. They beat both of them this season. So they're both average teams. Both team coaches could maybe be on the hot seat. John Harbaugh, they kind of already know that Harbaugh and them aren't going to be able to come to a new agreement, and Harbaugh will become a free agent as a coach. New York, bring him to New York, baby. He'll be the most sought-after coach among all the available coaches, and the Ravens' job could be enticing. I, here's a, pit, a thought for me. Okay. Harbaugh on Green Bay. That'd be that'd, nice be, that'd be fun. That'd be, that'd be a good. Aaron Rodgers would yeah. be that quarterback, that elite quarterback that he needs. Oh, isn't Joe Flacco an elite quarterback? Oh gosh, <laughs> he was the highest paid quarterback for what, like yeah, four that, years? That is a joke. That is an bad contract. Uh, how about this one? This one was a fun matchup for me. The Oakland Raiders at one and eight were taking on the two and seven Arizona Cardinals, and who told? So we got a great matchup here. Great matchup. Derek Carr against Josh Rosen. Interesting. Yes. Both new head coaches. Interesting. Yes. Derek Carr like got into a huge fight with John Gruden today, which was a wild thing, even though everyone's saying it was overblown, whatever. I still think it's funny. Um, Josh Rosen was pretty dang bad. I, if I could yeah. say it just as good, I'm going to say this is as clean as I can say it. He's pretty bad. He had his quarterback rating was a whopping six. Not 66, not 126, six. Wow. Completed less than 50% of his passes. Threw tw- completed nine passes. Three of them were touchdowns. Two of them were to Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> I, Cardinals, we all know what they are. Both these teams are rebuilding. I found it very interesting watching the heated arguments between Gruden and Carr on the sideline. It's starting to make it a little more clear to me that maybe Gruden or Carr isn't Gruden's guy. And they, I would not shock me if they explore trades for Derek Carr this offseason. Jacksonville maybe could be a good fit for him. New York. Maybe bring him to New York with the Giants. That would be an interesting fit. But it's becoming more and more clear to me now with all this disagreement. We're seeing that Carr might not be Gruden's guy. But you can't really blame too much on Carr because they have no talent around him in Oakland. But maybe they will after this year because they have three first-round draft picks. But... It's not too much to say about this game. These are two two win teams, and I, Gruden finally got a win. Woohoo! I was know it's all some Oakland fans that were uh, very excited that the Gruden got his second win in the season. No, um, sticking it out west, the uh, Denver Broncos went on the road and beat the seven and two Chargers, the L.A. Chargers, twenty three twenty two. On what what was it? The field goal at the end of excitement. Uh, the comeback behind victory in the fourth quarter. Case Keenum, 19 of 32 for 205 passing yards. No touchdowns, no picks. Phillip Rivers, 401 passing yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Melvin Gordon, not a great game, 69 rushing yards. But Lindsey had a day for himself, though. Two touchdowns, 79 rushing yards, two touchdowns there. He had four receptions for 27 yards. Solid day overall. And uh, it was interesting. I, I'm not going to lie. I called it. I said uh, L.A. stinks. I said they're horrible. Um, besides that, nothing surprises me. Cool as a cucumber. 
I won't say the Chargers are horrible, but they have gotten by a little bit on an easier schedule. Their schedule gets a lot harder down the stretch. They'll play Kansas City again this season. They'll play Pittsburgh this season. They'll have to play Cincinnati, which could be a, a little difficult for them. Good win for Denver. Always tough for those division rivals. But an exciting game for sure. San Diego or Los Angeles continues to battle for a wild card spot. I thought they can compete for up to potentially stay alive to the Chiefs. I think this game proved to me that no, they they won't. And uh it was it was a fun game. And I think Chargers are still a good team, unlike you. Phillip Rivers still playing MVP level candidacy, but an exciting game. Yep. And then the last game, and before we talk about Monday Night Action, the Saints just steamrolled the Philadelphia Eagles. How sad am I that the Philadelphia Eagles got steamrolled by the Saints? And Drew Brees throwing four touchdown passes. He could, you could, they could have put 22 Philadelphia Eagles out on defense, and Drew Brees would have had a day. 22 of 30 for 363, four touchdowns, a 97.4 quarterback rating. Carson Wentz, 19 of 33, 156 passing yards, three interceptions, a quarterback rating of 12.4. It was a brutal game for the Eagles. They're so banged up on defense. They get down to their fourth safety and fourth cornerback combo. It's just incredible how many injuries they have. Even if they had the tops, they probably couldn't stop New Orleans. New Orleans is playing like the best team in football right now. They're sitting at 9-1, and one, winning nine straight. I think they are the best team in football right now, and they're cruising, and they'll clinch a first-round bye probably pretty soon. And They're incredible how good they are on offense, and their defense is starting to come into their own. It's so much fun to watch this team. And Philadelphia, they're still alive in their division because that division is brutal, but they are in trouble right now. That defense is way too banged up to make me think that the Eagles could be any sort of contender. And if they do somehow sweep out a playoff spot, they will get smoked in the first round. It's been it's so strange seeing the reigning Super Bowl champs take such a dip like they have this season. I thought it was funny that rather than trying to address their defensive woes, they said to bring a wide receiver. And remember, this is this not like at the deadline they were like didn't have issues on defense. They did. They decided Golden Tate was like their solution for their defensive hey, problems. Hey, Golden Tate was their leading receiver. They have forty eight yards. <laughs> nah, I thought it was an interesting move. It helps them a little bit on offense, but they had some holes on defense. I agree with you. I was questioning it from the beginning why didn't go they go for defense, but we're seeing now the error of their ways and how much that's hurting them. I, you and I can both agree Eagles are in trouble. Yeah. Um, big trouble. Next, the last game that we're going to talk about because the other game that's on – we don't really know the outcome to, and so rather than us trying to, to try to talk about, you know, the Sunday night game, uh, I'm not going to say, oh, I know exactly what's going to happen because your guess is as good as mine once now you listen to this after the game is played. So we're going to hop to the Monday night game, and we're going to talk about the, the 9-1 Kansas City Chiefs. Originally, we're supposed to head to Mexico and join the Rams playing for Mexico, but because of the field and whatever reasons, they decide that they're not able to play there anymore, so they go to the Coliseum, and now so the 9-1 versus 9-1, little Monday night football action, bonanza on offense. Uh, a couple of things I want to point out. The under-over for 63.5, huge, this is one of the, and I follow this stuff, one of the highest under-overs I've ever seen. And then... Uh, the spread minus three for the Rams. I'm taking the Rams 20, 30, ooh, 34, 34, 31. 
I, I'm going to go complete opposite. I'm going to take the Chiefs 34-31. Whoa. I think the Chiefs are just playing better football, in all honesty, right now. I think the Rams' defense, they're starting to find little holes. We saw that the uh, Sean Payton called out Marcus Peters, saying we were we found the matchup we liked, and Peterson and Marcus Peters didn't like hearing that. But their teams are starting to pick on him, and it's a little bit of a hole. The Rams, these past two games, have allowed over 40 to Saints, which everyone's doing right now. And they allowed 36, 31 to the Seahawks, 27 to the Packers three weeks ago. Their defense is starting to get scored upon, and I think the Chiefs' defense is just playing better right now this season. I think that's going to be the edge in a matchup with two poor defenses. Just The Chiefs', one, Chiefs defense is playing a little better, so I think that's going to be the edge the Chiefs need in this game. But either yeah. way, these are two of the best game teams in football, and this may be one of the most exciting games of the season and one of the best Monday night football games we've had in a long time on get to watch. I absolutely agree. It's going to be fun to see what happens. Uh, that's all the time that we're going to have here. I'd like to thank you, Kellen, for coming on with us on the SU uh, Sports Corner podcast. And I would love to wish each and every one of you guys a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy whoever you're with. I'm not going to judge you because hopefully you enjoy spending around the people that you care about. You're listening to this edition of 88.9 The Pulse, WQSU Sports Podcast. And we hope to catch you on our next SU Sports Corner Podcast.